party people. Well, welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week I am joined by one of my absolute favorite guests, my good friend Jadzia Axelrod, for a game of Anyone Can Wear the Mask. Anyone Can Wear the Mask, published by yours truly and available on sale today, is a three-player role-playing game about a superhero, a supervillain, and the city that they share. Players draw cards, roll dice, and create a living record of a city, its people, and the exploits of the superhero that has chosen to protect it. We track the people that the hero saves, the people that they couldn't, their ultimate downfall, and their greatest uprising to create a superhero story in the vein of Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, all of the greats. Um, it is a game that is very, very personal to me, it is very close to my heart. I am so, so excited. I've been working on this game for the last several months, and it's out in the world now. You can find it at jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask. You can find a link to that in the show notes. I really hope that you'll check it out, because I think it's pretty freaking cool. Speaking of pretty freaking cool, uh, Jadzia is one of my favorite people. Uh, she works on a million different wonderful, cool projects including The Voice of Free Planet X, which is a podcast near and dear to my heart. It is an NPR-style public radio show spread out across the entire multiverse. A fun and exciting side note about The Voice of Free Planet X, the most recent episode of Very Planet X Xmas, uh, guest stars yours truly. Uh, I play an ordinary dad that gets to tell Lucifer, who is the morning star, uh, about the true meaning of Christmas. It's uh, it's everything that I love. It's the thing that I may be the best at in the world. And there's going to be a live read of that episode on Christmas Eve, December 24th at 8 p.m. Um, yeah, look forward to that. You can find links to all that in the show notes. Jadzia is also a comic book writer, including two titles coming soon from DTC Comics that I'm extremely excited about. Wonder Women of History and Galaxy the Prettiest Star, both of which we talk about on the episode. You'll hear more about those. And she's also just one of my favorite people. Like, I know I said that already, but I, I like Jadzia a whole lot. When I decided that I was doing this game on the show, I said there's only one person that I really want to play this with, and it's Jadzia, and the game turned out exactly as fun as I wanted. So you should head to axelrod.online to learn more about Jadzia's work, or follow her on Twitter at PlanetX. Uh, real quick before we dive in, I've got two quick things to cover. Well, three. I mean, just a reiteration that you should go to jeffstormer.ish.io slash mask and pick up anyone who can wear the mask on sale now. And on that note, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. Uh, this week, I am just beyond excited to be sitting down with one of my favorite guests to have on the show, one of my favorite people to hang out with for an hour, Jadzia Axelrod. Jadzia, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, thank you for having me. This is my third? This third is your third appearance. Appearance. Three-peat. Three-peat. Verified air. I know. You're, you're, it is. It truly is. And I feel like every one of them is a gem. And so I hope that we can keep that energy up. The stakes right, are high. Yeah, the, the stakes, stakes are high. high. The stakes are very high. I think we can do it. I think, I think we, we can. can do it. I, I'm feeling the energy tonight, and I'm, I think we can. I think we can make something really good happen here. So, real okay. quick, before we dive in, though, yeah, why don't you yeah. take a moment to let the lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Right. Uh, so, for those of you who do not know, uh, I'm Jetsia Axrod. I'm a writer. I mainly write comic books right now, which is pretty great, uh, including. Uh, I have a short story in the uh, Wonder Woman of History anthology, and I'm very excited. I'm I'm in that with a bunch of other incredibly talented people. Uh, Mick Washington did the art for the story that I did about uh, Marsha P. Johnson, who is an amazing queer and trans activist. So it was wonderful to tell that story first off, and then to be, tell that story in this volume with all good. these very other great people. 
um, both creators, great people, and also the women they're talking about are great. So it's just like a incredible book to be a part of. I was so um, floored when they invited me to be a part of it. And uh, I'm really happy with the final product. It looks really nice and it's so cool to be a part of that. So uh, go buy that. It's an excellent Christmas present. Um, and uh, or Hanukkah, it'd be a good Hanukkah present too, really. It really, I feel like it's just even just a good treat yourself present, frankly. Right. Like a candle nice present. Like, yep. yeah. Treat your, you, everyone should have a copy of this in their home. True. And not just because I'm in it, but like that's a bonus. It is. There, it's really win-win, frankly. You get quality, uh, quality graphic, um, nonfiction historical book, and little Jedzia Axarad content in there. Win-win. So yeah, that's the big thing I'm hyping right now. It's really cool. Everyone should go see it. So go get it. And of course, my graphic novel with DC Comics, Galaxy, comes out next year. I'm so I, I I feel like I know that we have talked about it, but I haven't talked uh, about it on mic to say how excited I am for Galaxy. I just it I is want to so good. Uh, I wish I could talk more about it, but when 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 you are able to, you'll we'll have mm-hmm. you back on. We'll have, but know that it is really good. The artist uh, Jess Taylor is amazing. They are doing phenomenal work. Uh, it's one of the best things I've ever written. It's absolutely going to lift your spirits and tear your heart out all at the same time you should get it (sighs) real excited real excited for it so speaking of superheroes and speaking of superhero stories let's play a game today let's play a game speaking of win-wins of great stories and also also a little extra magic let's play a game that i wrote today what you wrote this game i wrote this game and i'm so excited about it uh so we are playing anyone can wear the mask it is a Such storytelling a great game. Thank you, right? I, I mean, I stole it. I can't take credit for I didn't make no, no, it No, no, you didn't steal it. It's a reference. It is a reference. It is, it is evoking something. It's um, impossible to steal a title. True. That's a fair point. Um, it is, I, honestly, I do love the title. Frankly, like, no, I was just riffing on it. I was riffing and I was like, nope, that's it. That's the one. It's done. Sometimes um, that's how it happens, right? That oh, you're like, here's my placeholder. And it's like, oh, no, wait, the placeholder was actually really good. Honestly, the same exact thing happened with Mission Accomplished. Like, I was just kind of playing around. I was like, I'm going to put this down for now. And then, like, the more I looked at it, I was like, this is it. That's the one. I feel I feel good about it. Except I think literally that one involved me, like, looking at it for a while and then going in and putting an exclamation point and looking back <laughs> and going, we did it. Yeah, yeah. We did it. Good job. <laughs> Anyone Can Wear the Mask is a storytelling game about a hero, a villain, and a city. Um, it is designed to tell very big superhero stories. It is designed to tell those specific kind of superhero stories about a superhero who has a home turf that they have sworn to protect. You know, Superman in Metropolis, Batman in Gotham, Spider-Man in New York. Those very specific, like, hometown hero stories. Uh, it is a game for one to three players. It can be hacked down to about one player. It can be it can be played with three full roles. Um, one player is going to play a superhero. That will be Jadzia. I will be playing the city that they've sworn to protect. And then we will be sharing the role of the supervillain that opposes them and the various threats that they foil throughout the game. So 
Before we go through uh, the game itself, we'll cover a little bit of safety material. Um, this is, even though it is a superhero story, like the best superhero stories, it is an emotional one and one that has real stakes. You as the hero will fail. People will be lost, and that is a lot to deal with. You will win in the end, but part of that is rising above uh, your own failures and to come back stronger. Uh, just I'm going to make sure we're both on board with that before we dive in. There are ways we can make the game less emotionally heavy, but I think that having us on the same page is important there. Yeah, I think we're good. Perfect. Um, are you going to use liners and veils for this? Uh, yes, we are. We Let's go nice. over our lines and veils. Um, I think uh, my general lines and veils are no sexual assault, nothing happens to kids, nothing happens to animals, and a, li or, and a veil on eye-related injury, as well as, the I think, the basic stuff of no racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, ableism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no isms, nothing happens to kids, nothing happens to animals, and a veil on eye injuries. Sounds good. Anything you want to add to that list? Uh, no, I think you get all my uh, concerns. Okay. So uh, we I'm also good. have... Oh, sorry. I'm good. All right. Well, we also have the X, N, and O cards on our virtual table, which will just be us saying them out loud. Uh, an X card, we can pause play at any time and remove an element from the story, no questions asked. Uh, an N card is that we don't stop play, but we move naturally in a different direction or past a particular topic. And the O card is if we are just like over the moon and we're like, I want this, I want more of this, I want to really emphasize this in play. That's when we that's when we invoke our O card. And with safety discussed, we move into our origin stories. Yay, the fun part. Yeah, right. Um, I'm going to be playing the city. I am, well, everyone. I am the ordinary people, extraordinary people. I am everyone that is in this place that you are protecting as our hero. Uh, in play, I'm going to determine, call, I'm going to draw cards and determine locations. I'm going to name the people that live there. I'm going to keep a list of the people that you save uh, and recite them during the final confrontation. And then I'm going to role play out the ordinary people living in the city that interact with you during your adventures and with the goal of lifting you up when you're at your lowest so you can continue doing the work that you do. Um, I'm going to create the city. I have a few questions to answer. Um, how large is the city? Now, this is my question to answer, but I want to float it to you, Jadzi, as well. Do you have a particular feel of a city that, that, that you like are like, that's what I want to, to lean into? Uh, I'd love if the city was Philadelphia-esque. That's, kind of, that's kind of always my vibe. That's where I go anyway in my heart. Yeah. So I feel like we're on the same page. Probably because we probably because we live in the same neighborhood. That would be why. That would be real. But yeah. yeah. So I think like a so bustling like, borough, like a, a city. Like not a New York, but right. But not a not a you know I, Philly. A Philly. Think, yeah, Philly. Like, I picture, I think the thing about Philly that I think I, I gravitate strongly to that I think will kind of tie into the the structure of the game is uh, it's like a city of neighborhoods, right? Like, even, right. Like, like, there aren't so much boroughs as like, you know, you go six blocks and then suddenly the city is a different place. That is the aesthetic that I, I, I kind of lean towards in a Philly-esque city. Also, um, there's this running gag in a lot of superhero comics that Philly is where not so great superheroes and villains are. Like the cool ones are in New York or right. Metropolis or Gotham. Um, but Philly gets uh, maybe not so great, which I would disagree with being a Philly person. I, 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 I you and but I, I love that attitude that maybe these are uh, 
not not your Superman. I feel that I'm I'm down with that. I like that. I, I that's a that's an important vibe for me to carry with to carry into into our city. I'm gonna call it Bell City because that feels like what if I were to write a comic and make it in Philadelphia, but not want to name it as Philly, I would call it Bell City. Bell City sounds good. So um, that we've gotten to know our city a little bit. We are in Bell City. It is a city of neighborhoods. It is not one of your glamorous super super cities. It is a little bit smaller and a little bit more working class. It is uh, a city with character. It is a city with personality. It is a city with a little bit of a chip on its shoulder, but in the best possible way. Which means that even huge meat sandwiches, huge meat sandwiches, honestly, like, and really I, I think, you know, an un, an underrated variety of huge meat sandwiches. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's important to point out. Everyone's like, you go to Bell City for the corned beef, but they don't talk about the pastrami. Nobody talks about the talk, pastrami. Nobody talks about the pastrami. Nobody talks about the chicken cutlet sandwiches. Yes. Yeah. Those are and, to die for. Oh, and they're, oh, oh, you, the, the chicken parms you can get in Bell City, chicken outstanding. Chicken parms. Oh. And don't even the, get me started on the muffalettas. It's, you're, it's next, it's next like, level. It's like eating a dog. They're so huge. <laughs> I, an upsetting metaphor, but apt, I think is the best way to describe it. <laughs> oh, where I was going with that. <laughs> so we've got our city. It's time to meet our hero. Um, maybe you have incredible powers. Maybe you're just that good, but you've got a mask and an alter ego and the ability to help people. And as long as those in power won't do the job themselves, that means you have a responsibility to help people. So as the hero, you will uh, describe how you overcome threats to the city. Describe the people you save and the people that you don't. You will map out the city, its people, your allies, your enemies. And overall, you will rise up, stand tall, and defeat the villain in the final battle. So to create our hero, I'm going to ask you some questions. Hit me. How powerful is your hero? Are you a street-level vigilante, a friendly neighborhood hero? Are you gifted with great power, or are you a living god? Uh, I think she falls right in the middle. I want to okay. get that that little bit. She's a um, people always say Spider Man street level, but he does. He's very powerful. Like he's got super strength and yeah. and uh, got all those cool webbing gadgets and the Spidey sense. Like it's it's a big thing. Like Daredevil is still just a blind guy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so I picture her maybe just a slightly ahead, maybe around um, Spider-Man level. Like she could be an X-Man. I okay. think that's, that's yeah. probably... That gives me a very clear picture of where we're at. So where do your powers come from? Are they science, magic, technology, ancestry? I, you Who know, even I, knows? I always love the superhero origin where you find a rock. Oh. And it's a special rock. And oh. that rock gives you superpowers. Like, I don't know why that appeals to me because it's the dumbest thing, but I love it. You're, I love you're speaking it. my someone, language. You're speaking my language is the thing. It's like someone's just in the right place at the right time. A meteor lands. There's a glowing rock. And now they have superpowers. And now they're, and, and, and their only, their only course of action is to become a full-fledged superhero. Right. Like, well, you, I found, I found the rock. I mean, there's something, there's something beautiful about such a, democratic system where it's not because you trained hard. It's yep. not because you had advantages. It's not because of who your parents were. 
It could have been anyone. It happened to be you. You, and like what you do with that says more about you, I think, than if you had trained for this your entire life. I I adore it. Jadzia, you're speaking my language. Um, So So I think she found a rock. She found a a glowing meteorite. Um, And that when she, uh, when it comes in contact with her skin, she has, let's say, light powers. Those are fun. So she can fly. She can shoot light force beams from her hands. Uh, Maybe she focuses really hard. She can do a laser beam. And, uh, you know, glows in the dark. All that stuff. Love it. I especially like the glow in the dark. That's a nice touch. I appreciate that. Yeah. So she... She, like, puts... It's not a huge rock. So she can get, like, an extra big Band-Aid. Yep. And just kind of put it in there and just puts it on her, her chest or her shoulder or somewhere under her costume. And, uh, let's see, what's a good name? Beacon? Is Beacon cool? Beacon's cool. Beacon is let's very cool. Let's go Beacon cool. Yeah. So she becomes Beacon. Um, and it's really easy to hide the secret identity because she glows, right? Yeah. So people can't get a good look at her face. Um, she still wears a mask, obviously, but I can't get a good look at her face. She doesn't show up on photographs very well because she's glowing. It's like, did you ever see uh, how light reflective material looks on a flash camera? Yes, I adore it. That's actually exactly and how people what I was use thinking. that to yeah, and how yep. people use that to avoid like facial uh, detection stuff. The the most cyberpunk thing in the world. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah. So oh. it's like that's the effect essentially. I is, love it. That's so good. So our last question, how are you going to help your city? This will determine your character's strong suit. Um, mm. Are you going to be the hand of the people protecting them so they can thrive? Are you going to be the icon that they look up to for inspiration? Are you the smiling face, a friend to those who need it? Or are you the dark knight that avenges the injustices that they suffer? Well, I think with the name like Beacon, she's kind of the idol. Yeah. But I also want to, I also like, um, I also like it when teen heroes are kind of put in situations they're not prepared for. Um, so I think she's I think she's a teen hero. She's okay. like 16, 17. So she's out there as a superhero. Everyone thinks she's cool and she's doing a good job, but it is way stressful. Uh, she's putting a lot on herself, Spider-Man style. Sure. And um, yeah, she's just trying to do the best she can, but... She's one of those overachievers, the best I can is never good enough kind of people. Yeah, that's that feels like an icon to me. So I'm going to say your strong suit is diamonds. So that will oh. come up and play. But when you when, when you pull a diamond, then that's when you know that you're in your element. All right. So last but not least, we create our villain. Maybe they're here to destroy. Maybe they're, or they're here to destroy. Maybe it's because they crave power. Maybe it's out of spite for the hero. Maybe it's part of a larger plan. But this city has to burn and they're going to be the one that does it. Uh, this will be a shared role between the two of us because we okay. because there's not a third player. Uh, the villain will describe the threats that the hero overcomes. They will track the hero's injuries and setbacks, but also their greatest successes. They will roll the dice to determine whether the hero can save everyone or not. And they will keep a list of the hero's failures so they can recite them during the con- final confrontation. But they will also ultimately be defeated at the hands of the hero. 
The villain's true form and identity will remain a mystery for now, revealed in full during the downfall. Uh, for now, we'll make a list of quick threats the hero could face. We'll brainstorm a list of a few options, but we'll come up with threats during play. These will be fairly broad, but these will kind of help us, um, like when, when, when I'm pulling cards as the city, this will kind of help us go, oh, okay, this number is tied to this particular threat. I would like to throw out, thinking about, I really like what you were saying about the, the democratic nature of finding a rock. And also just, I was thinking about what I like in supervillains earlier today. Uh, I was thinking about our friend Superman, as I, as mm -hmm. I often do. And I, Superman. Was thinking, I was thinking about the world, as I often do. And yeah. I, I love villains that... I love villains that are... that I love... Uh, if I'm thinking about supervillains specifically, and I'm thinking about like threats that a super... Supervillain threats that a hero would oppose directly... I always kind of lean on somewhere between businessman Lex Luthor and scientist Luthor of like pursuing science and saying, if people get hurt, people are going to get hurt. It doesn't matter to me. That's sort of, that is, that is the villain. That is the villain that, that like I, I want to see get punched in the mouth. Right. Well, it's that classic uh, all-star Superman line, right? Where Superman tells Lex Luthor, you could have saved the world years ago if it mattered to you. And like, that line is like, he is so, one, Lex Luthor is so smart and mm -hmm. so capable. Like he could have done so much, yeah. but it just didn't care. He just didn't care about other people. He didn't care about the world. And like, so yeah, he's science at all costs for me. Yeah. And I, I like that as an opposition to that, that sort of like, I'm going to make a thing is a good opposition to a democratically, like to someone who just found the rock and is using it to do good. If it's if it's self-made people who are who are doing doing harm for their own benefit is a good mm -hmm. like opposition to that. I'm just gonna write that down. Yeah, yeah. As just like an initial idea, and then we'll throw out some other ones as we go. If you have thoughts on things you want Beacon yeah, to oppose, well, throw them out. To uh, to get and go the opposite direction of Beacon, I'd love for this villain to be like have some sort of lineage like old money, mm. perhaps. Yep. Maybe their parents were really famous or important grandparents. And what they're doing now is part of it is continuing that legacy. That's how they see themselves. Yeah. Is like, I, you don't understand. This is important for my legacy. I have I, to do this. I hate it and I love it. <laughs> and I think... I think that the other thing I want to throw out, I'm just thinking about threats that, that I'm going to throw, that we're going to throw Beacon's way, is tying into that, like, ordinary people in peril. I think it's just, like, a, a large threat that, like, it, 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 it sounds, that feels to me like where where I want to see Beacon really uh, shine, pun intended, um, is, like, it is, is, Less so the less so saving uh, saving astronauts or or like an experimental spaceship taking off, and more so like a subway car is a subway car is you know damaged, and and if we don't stop this, people will get hurt. Well, if we can take a uh, page from one of my favorite superhero properties, the Common Rider series. Yes, of course. Uh, yeah, and Common um, Rider W had a wonderful conceit that I'm, I love to death because it's ridiculous and wonderful, but ordinary people would be turned into monsters because they would take 
a flash drive and stick it right into their spine. Right, right, right into the neck there. And then that would transform them into a monster. And the idea was that this was because they wanted power and they wanted something done. And this was this kind of thing was used again in Common Rider 4Z, the best of the Common Riders, where again they were had high school kids who were bullied, or maybe they were uh, didn't think they were getting the respect that they owed, were owed, or what have you. And then they were given this power to do something about it, and it would turn them into a monster. So I, I adore this, and yes, let's let's lean into this because I, I, I that kind of ties into as we kind of get to discover and sort of pull out who our grand villain is. I love that sort of notion of you know turning turning people and their and their wants and needs, especially in a especially in a, in a place like Bell City that that isn't quite as like glamorous as a right as the, you know pulling on ordinary people's desires and using that to turn people into monsters is compelling to me like that is a compelling a compelling sense of villainy to me and so with that we are ready to go we are ready to dive in excellent so um the core mechanics of the game is um as i draw i'm going to draw cards as the city each card represents a place a place that you will go uh, a, a sort of It'll create a living map of our of Bell City. And also the card is going to represent either someone in peril or someone important to, to Beacon. You know, the, the face cards are people in Beacon's life and the number cards are people in peril that need to be saved. As we go, uh, you and I will answer some questions. We'll lay out some threats. Uh, Beacon will always stop the threat because this is a superhero story and that's how superhero stories work. Right. Um, and, but... The, what we are rolling dice for is whether or not there is collateral damage or people lost along the way. It is, it is, the, it is, it is how thoroughly Beacon can, can be the person to, to stop the damage, save the people, and be the icon that the city needs. So that's the mechanics in a nutshell. We'll get more into the, the logistics of it as we go, but are you ready to start saving the day? I'm ready. All right, then let's get to a day in the life. I'm going to draw a card. I have shuffled one Joker into the bottom half of the deck. That is oh. our Nemesis' uh, grand arrival. That is the hero's grand downfall. Oh, excellent. Uh, but for now, we just have a deck of cards. We have, we have some number cards and some face cards. I'm going to flip the first card. I have flipped the three of spades. So what is our first neighborhood like? What do we, what do we picture? In, what, what does a neighborhood of Bell City look like? Well, thinking this might be West Bell. Okay. Which is, um, let's say it's filled with college students. Like it's yeah. the, the big university, um, the University of Bell City is there, uh, or Bell City College. Which one? Uh, I, I, UBC. It's UBC. UBC. It is UBC. <laughs> UBC um, is, is, is nearby, so a lot of college students live in. Uh, West Bell. Um, it's uh, it's got more of a laid back kind of alternative vibe because mm-hmm. of all the college students. Like uh, there's a lot of queer people there. There's a lot of people of different races and origins. It is slightly less segregated than other parts of mm-hmm. uh, Bell City, though that is still something Bell City de- has to deal with. Mm-hmm. But 
but Westfell's not bad. It's, it's not uh, bad. It's, it's a nice it's, place to live. It's a nice place to live. It's also um, the place where, um, like, it's where it's where Beacon lives. It's where her high school is. Um, let's say, just for funsies, she goes to like a a highfalutin high school, like a like a magnet school, maybe maybe one that specializes in science. Sure, she goes to Warren Worthington High. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, good old WWH. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a. It's a. It's for people with. A, it's essentially the school of science and math. That's what they yeah. call it. And uh, she is there because she is into science. And uh, just outside of Warren Worthington High, maybe a couple blocks away, is uh, the very lovely Kirby Park. Kirby Park Kirby is Park. a do- like it is a lovely park. There's big trees. It is along a trolley track, and like you know, there are shops. There is everything. It is a lovely spot to just go and hang out. Um, there is a Euro cart that parks there every day. That is just one of the best Euro carts in the city. Um, and it is here. It is here. We see this, and we see a trolley pulling up. Um, it is empty. It says on the front. It says you know student student uh, student trolley no passengers. And as it is, it is going, we see the trolley stop and like stall out and the, uh, the conductor walks out of it and is like, kind of like has their crowbar in hand and the trolley like explodes and like rips in half and the wheels come off of the trolley and around a person in sort of a kind of a mocap suit with the, with the little balls on it. Um, the, the trolley itself sort of forms a little bit of an alien, of like an alien construction mech. They're the mech, uh, the Ridley mech from Alien. Trolley mech, nice. Trolley mech. And the science student, um, this, this, uh, older college student from, uh, from UBC Uh has formed this mocap suit and has built what can only be described as a trolley mech. That is our danger. Can I just add something about Bell City? Because it occurred to me. Let's say that it is the most uh, public transport minded city in perhaps the world. I love that. Yep. So there's like barely anyone has a car, but there is trains and buses and trolleys and like everywhere. There's a monorail that goes through the city. Oh, I got to have a monorail. Can't have have not have a monorail. Uh, Where else are you going to meet? But at the monorail. And so, like, that's the thing that's, like, uh, I just wanted to throw that in. Got it. That's very good. Um, So that is where we are. That's the people in danger is, like, this was a a Saturday. There are people in the park. We have the conductor or the, the trolley conductor is there, like, cornered as this mech is just kind of at this point. The only way I can describe it is indiscriminately smashing things up. You uh-huh. kind of, we get some close up shots of like the mech almost stumbling and it's begin and like, it is somewhat apparent that this, uh, this person was a student and they are like visibly testing out what they are thinking of as a super suit. And the only way that they could feel the only, the way that they felt was best to test it was to tear a trolley in half and turn it into a mech suit. All right. So that um, is, that is our threat and that is who is in danger. Fortunately, um, Sarah Saturday 
the secret identity of Beacon is at the park. Excellent. Now, I have to ask you a question. Yes. What about this situation has put you out of your element? Well, because she's we not drunk- in her costume. That's all right. Good. That is. There we go. We're good. We got it. We're locked in. Um, <laughs> like so she yeah. was just there reading, and now she's in a public park. There's no, like, the nearest place to change. Like her costumes in her bag, mm-hmm. so she needs to find a place to change, and in a hurry, I would say. So yeah, you are out of your element. You are you are without your costume. You have to you and 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 it is clear that like as this as this as this would be super scientist is getting the hang of the mech, it is clear that he is uh, enjoying the power of it, and he's started like roughing things up for the sake of roughing things up. It start you're starting to get the vibe that like that like while this started out as a scientific test once once he was wearing a trolley mech then it's then it became it's all over then yeah yeah once he got a taste of that power then there's no going back so you're going to roll 1d6 okay and that's going to tell us uh that is going to tell us how you how you do when you save the day all right that's a two okay um you managed to stop the threat, but it's messy. So let me ask: right. How does Beacon save the day? Where do you? Where first off, where do you go? Like, where do you get to to change? Well, I would think since it's messy, she doesn't bother changing into the costume. Like, there's not time for her to be sure that her identity is concealed. Okay. Uh, I like that. That would be yeah. So she just grabs the rock out of her bag. And lights up and hopes that her glowing, hopes that no one notices and that her glowing is enough to distract people from her identity. That's that's where she's going here. It's so not what I, what I would like to propose then is you're glowing, you're 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 battling, we get a really great fight scene. You know, he's throwing there's some there's some great use of the trolley itself as a prop, you know, some throwing of wheels. But um, right now, right now, uh, you're, you're either going to take an injury or cause collateral damage. And I'd like to propose that this is collateral damage because you're you're acting quick. You're acting quick. Well, let me actually let me throw it to you. Do you want to take it? Do you want do you want to get hurt or do you want to cause some damage in the process of this of this of, of stopping this threat? I would say it's probably let's see. She's definitely distracted. I'm, I'm distracted because I'm not wearing my costume. Yep. Um, would it be, I would say let's, let's have her get, uh, I would get hurt. Okay. Like there's something that, uh, he's going to throw a trolley wheel and I'm going to, uh, rather than like blast it out of the way. Cause there's people around. I'm going to try to take the brunt of the force and that's not going to go well. Yeah. So you are hit, um, you are kind of like they uh, kind of frisbee throwing uh, trolley wheels at you, and you are you are hit by several of them, set crashing into a wall. You're beat up pretty badly, but how do you ultimately dis uh, dismantle this trolley mech and and stop uh, stop the damage to the city? All right. Well, eventually he runs out of wheels. <laughs> eventually <laughs> he's, gets, so he's only got wheels. so many. He's only and got that allows so many. me to get close finally. And get in between the mech and him and kind of like do a, a light force explosion 
when I'm near him, that kind of pushes all the trolley mech parts away from him. So now he's just in the suit. Uh, and let's say that energy blast, because it's so powerful, also shorts out the suit. I love that. So yeah, you've you've dis you've dismantled the suit. You have stopped this uh, this scientist, um, and you have saved the life of uh, as well everyone in the park, but most specifically this trolley conductor. What is the name of this trolley conductor? It's Benny. Benny, you saved Benny. Benny. Everybody make, knows Benny. We're gonna make a note of the uh, the name Benny. Because as the city, I'm going to tell you, like, everybody knows Benny. Everybody knows Benny. Benny is a staple of this city. Benny has been riding these trolleys for, or driving, or conducting these trolleys for 30 years? 35 years? Benny is the heart of Bell City. People, oh, everyone yeah. says that. He was the face of the program to expand public transport to its current conglomerate. They would use him as, like, Benny's been driving the trolley forever. And he wants to see everyone have a chance to ride for free on these public transports, all this stuff. So he is both a local celebrity in the neighborhood, mm -hmm. but also a citywide celebrity because he was on all these ads as There's people were trying to get more people into the public transport. Uh, previews has put out a, a, an, a, like a preview graphic that is Benny uh, running for mayor. That's going to be a couple months out, but like you know, the the, the people are pretty excited for that storyline down the road. That's oh, yeah. probably the next uh, arc. That's probably the next arc. You know, pre-orders are out now. I <laughs> uh, can't resist a good diamond joke. <laughs> All right, so you have saved someone. So you're. Renown has gone up. Your legend has grown. More people throughout the city look up to you. This will become important later. And with that, uh, a chapter in the life of Sarah Saturday Beacon has closed. What do you? What do you? How do you? How do you? Re, how do you lick your wounds a little bit? You're pretty. You're pretty beaten up. Yeah. And what? What is? A, what does a moment of a moment of calm look like after you've you've successfully saved the day? Um, well, she goes back to, um, she goes back to her house where she lives with her grandma. Um, and she lives on the second floor. Uh, their apartment is on the second floor. So she can fly up to her window and kind of sneak in through the window and not have to go in through the front door and see uh, her grandma, who's probably watching television or quilting. She's a very avid quilter. Um, let's say her grandma is a quilting artist. Oh, that's beautiful. In that, her quilts are, like, shown in art galleries and things. Like, she is well-known for her quilting in fiber art circles. I like that. That's very good. So I have flipped our next card. Actually, this is perfect. I flipped our next card and I flipped the Ace of Hearts, which mm -hmm. means that we are going somewhere quiet where no one can hear you. And I feel like we have set that up perfectly. Oh, nice. So what does what does Sarah's what does Sarah's space in the in the apartment or in the house look like? Um, well, it's funny you say space because it's all space things. She is studying to be an astronaut. 
Um, that's her goal is to go into space. She's being an, an astrophysicist, but is her main thing. But she's like, but that's a part of being an astronaut. <laughs> like she wants to go into space so bad. Um, so she's got those glow stars up on her ceiling uh, from when she was a little kid still. Uh, she's got a bunch of posters with various nebula and star charts and all that. It's all very, I'm going to go into space someday focused. There's a signed and framed photograph of Sally Ride. Um, all sorts of stuff. Okay. So I love it. That's very, very good. Um, so now, so you are alone. This is a moment where you are, this is a moment where you, you have to yourself. Um, the world sh shift, the world shifts into focus for the first time. Somewhere down the road, this is where a moment of truth will happen. Um, this is where you will learn that you can stop someone who is causing harm. But not now, though, because we have not flipped the king of hearts. Once we flip the king of hearts, this place will become very important. For now, we're going to set this card aside. For okay. now, you have a moment of calm. Uh, you get to you, uh, but in this moment of quiet, you have time to recover your wounds. So that injury has gone away. You have some time to recover. Life is quiet for a little bit. A side effect of the the rock powers is that she heals faster than normal. I like that. That's Let's good. Say that. Yeah, that's 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 a good. That's one of my favorite soup. Uh, what I would call a justification superpower. Perhaps yeah. that is the greatest justification superpower. It doesn't make her uh, invincible, but it does. Uh, it mean means that, that she's next, not. It means that next issue, you're not you're not pulling right. up the injury angle. She's she's not covered with bruises at school the next morning. Yeah, so. it's my favorite. It's my absolute favorite. Yeah, this is why that is. It's my absolute favorite. We 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 gave this superpower for a reason. So I'm gonna flip our next card. Yeah, and our next card. Ooh, excellent, fun. Our next card is the King of Clubs. Which means uh, we are going somewhere stark and protected. Oh. There are All places right. in the city that ordinary people never go. Places far removed from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. These are the halls of the rich and powerful. Those with money and influence to change the world who choose not to. Hero, Beacon, Sarah, these people are not your friends. Here, the hero is confronted by someone in a position of power, someone cold and corrupt and untouchable, at least for now. You will do everything you can to, or this person will do everything they can to interfere with the hero's plans and hold them back from helping people in need until the hero can find a way to stop them. So here we get to introduce one of our villains. Um, I have a pitch for this. Yeah? I think this is, so this is Clubs. Um, the villain here, we're going to describe what corrupt deed they do. Uh, uh, for clubs, it is someone with pol uh, powerful political connections. Um, I think this has to be... It's got to be the mayor, right? It's got to be the mayor. Yeah, I, I, like, it's got to be an anti-vigilante mayor. Oh, yeah. Like, this has to be a mayor that is... This is, this is the mayor that wants to... Oh, this is the mayor that's in the pocket of, like, private law enforcement or uh and like public like, law enforcement yeah let's, like public let's law say enforcement. he's he's pro-police he's a yeah. pro-police mayor yeah um which is definitely out of sync with the times oh for sure but there he is he's pro-police and he's like 
vigilantes, even those with superpowers, need not be taking the law into their own hand. That's why I give uh, hundreds of millions of our city's budget to the police. For sure. Exactly. Exactly. That is exactly. And I think um, our moment with this hero, I think, is on TV as Sarah is watching the the footage of, of this battle with the trolley mech. And the mayor is already on the scene, which, you know, the fact that the mayor the, took took an afternoon uh, to be here tells, tells a lot about the mayor's priorities that like. Right, exactly. He like he he jetted over. He took the on like he he derailed the entire monorail schedule to like get his purse to get him. I'm, I'm going to add a detail. He mm-hmm. has one of like eight cars in the city. Yes. And it is for sure a limo, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Limo pulls up. He is here. He is ranting and railing about, you know, vigilantes undermine undermine the fine folks of our law enforcement uh, division. The only people who have cars are the mayor and the police. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. That is exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> big, long, big, long, obnoxious stretch limo that like messes up the whole whole flow of traffic. Pulls up, big long speech, you know, vigilantes undermine the fine, they they undermine the work that our fine law enforcement professionals put in every single day. And behind the mayor, there's a whole sequence of like, of like a cop just, just standing around doing nothing. Like there, there is a police, (laughs) there is a cadre of police officers here in like the most obnoxious showing of like, I am strong ever. Yeah. Uh, our fine law enforcement professionals do great work. They they protect this city. Uh, we see a cop. We see cops like uh, mad dog people as they walk by and is giving this whole speech about like vigilantes are a problem and we are going to put an end to this problem. We will bring peace back to West Bell. I hate the mayor. I just feel like yeah, I he's the worst. <laughs> need to put that he's out the worst. there. Um, yeah, so that is our, so that is our, our, our first, uh, villainous person in power is, we should name this mayor. Mayor Mared. Mayor Mared. Perfect. Let's be juvenile about it. Yeah. Mayor Mared, um, is exactly the authority figure that is going to oppose your every effort. Now, here is what that means in play. Um... Our mayor is a long-term antagonist who will repeatedly oppose your efforts until you find the thing that will take that will take down the mayor. Which is to say, until we flip the ace of clubs, the mayor is going to be a thorn in your side. Every time, uh, every time you roll, or every time uh, you draw a club, every time every time a club enters play, the uh, the mayor will appear to block your progress, and I will reduce the number of dice you roll by one. That is until either you have an ally that is willing to sacrifice themselves to stop this enemy or until you obtain their weakness, which is represented by the ace. So they are just an ongoing thorn in our collective side. Which is appropriate because I just flipped the eight of clubs. So I think we find ourselves. Where where do we find ourselves? What is what is another one of our neighborhoods? Uh, This has to be like. This has to be Center Bell, right? Like this has to be yeah. this Center has Bell. to be 
Center Bell. Um, this is this is the this is the tech district. This is the industry district. This is where this is where big money lives. That is where the skyscrapers are. Yeah. If if this were a Spider-Man comic, this would be Midtown because it is a generic city street. Yes. Um, we cut to Center Bell where there is um, a, a display, or I think I think we go like, oh yeah, there is for sure a display of the latest law enforcement technology, right? Like they are for sure showing off a RoboCop suit. Oh no. Uh, that for sure they put it on, they put it on the first person they put it on has a vendetta and like tears out of the containment grid, uh, you know, knocks over six sides. We, we get the whole shot of like a room full of scientists in lab coats and the one guy in a suit is rattling off. Like this is the future. Finally, law enforcement will be able to take this city back, uh, grabs this businessman by the back of the throat, throws him in a wall. Our, our, our armored, armored uh rope cyborg cop tears through a wall and is off on and is off like on a on a vigilante hunt i think they are i think they are after beacon specifically oh so this is cop bot cop bot cop bot is on the move so and and because of this i think the problem is um this was heavily publicized the reason that the mayor is interfering in your progress is that like this was this was a government this was this was funded directly by the mayor right mm-hmm. this was this was this was the mayor's pet project was to take the city back with copbot which means that you are not dealing with copbot like oh which means you're not dealing with an ordinary run of the mill villain mm-hmm. this is a this is a this is a big deal Copbot's here and Copbot's here to, to, to mess things up, which means that you are rolling two dice, but you're taking okay. the lower result. Okay. You are you are at a severe disadvantage. Where 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 does Copbot find Beacon? Let's see. I would say that let's make it easier for Copbot. Uh, I'm already in costume. I'm already dealing with uh let's say a Philly supervillain. Let's say Ah, uh, not a Philly supervillain, a Bell City supervillain. Let's go with uh, the tankard. Yep, the tankard. And it's like he's got this armor that looks like a beer stein, mm-hmm. um, and like a bunch of beer stein themed weaponry. And it's all he's Ed. Big, big, uh, like Germanic, the big kind of flared gloves. Yeah, yeah. One of those, he's point, like, the, the pointy helmet. Exactly, exactly. And he is, he's doing old school. He's robbing a bank. Yep, perfect. Oh, so that's a one. I'm not rolling well. Oh, no, that's not good. Um, so between the tankard and cop bot, how do you scrape by and stop the threat? All right. You were you are you are caught between cop. So what happens is I'm going to set the scene and I'm going to ask yeah, yeah. you how you scrape by. Um, Tankard has blown through the the wall of 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 Bell City National. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, money bags in hand. Um, you arrive. Uh, Tankard drops it and starts. Uh, I'm picturing telekinesis, and I don't really know why, but I like it. Um, Oh no! You know what it is? Um, it is 
vertigo powers, but um, kind of like avalanche where like stuff starts to shake in sort of a, everything's going to get wobbly and starts to like wobble things and shake things. Uh, what if he can uh, make people feel queasy? I like that. That's good. Like, uh, like uh, maybe they've had a few too many drinks. Perfect. So, um, yeah. So I think like you arrive and immediately are just blasted. You can barely stand on your feet, you know, uh, but you're, but uh, as you're kind of recovering from that, you're starting to get the hang of how to, how to dodge his sort of mind tricks. Yeah. Copbot is on the scene and does not wait, wait a moment, like not a moment of hesitation, just starts firing off shoulder rockets and like Boba Fett style, like wrist, wrist guns. But none of them at Tankard. Could not care less about yeah. Tankard. Tankard is Tankard's fine. So now you're in this team up position. Right. Uh, well, I'm getting hammered on both sides. Yes, and indeed. I can't focus on either one because they're both going after me. Um, so I am getting hammered on both. Um, I think I scrape by by. Uh, hiding behind Tankard, mm. um, which puts him in an awkward position as uh, uh, Copbot is trying to get around him, but with that giant round armor. Yeah. Not an easy task. And I, I think that, I think there's a moment where, where Tankard, because Tankard is first and foremost a coward. Yes. Um, there's a moment where Tankard like reluctantly teams up with you and blasts Copbot with a with a ray of of uh with like a de- the destabilizing ray like uses his mind magic on Copbot knocks like destabilizes Copbot and in that time is just like gone with a speed and agility that a, that a man in round Tankard themed armor should not have. Yeah, I mean the Tankard even out of armor, not a small man. No, uh, but he can book it. That 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 is, that is the power of cowardice. What can yeah. you say? So, so now- right, Tankard escapes. I do manage to damage the Copbot suit. Yes, a lot, which I'm sure only endears me to the police and the mayor. Oh, for sure, more. for sure. Uh, now you now you are seen as an active threat. Yes. The the mayor is doing everything the mayor can to, to paint you as the person that attacked Copbot, despite every piece of footage showing the opposite. However, there is now one difficult question. Who can't you save? Oh. Who can't I save? Um, you know what? Can't save the cop in the suit. Oh, that's good. I, I do like that. I think, like, I think in the like, end... In, dis- in, the in end, damaging the suit, I, I severely hurt him. Um, and I think it goes even further where, like, we've said that this... We said Copbot is loaded up. The mayor loaded loaded up Copbot with an inadvisable amount of munitions uh-huh. up in smoke, right? Like, the second yeah. the second, the second he can't see straight, it's, it's explode, it just all one giant explosion. And it is, it is put at your feet. It is put on your shoulders. So that is that is squarely on the shoulders of Beacon. Which means we draw our next card. I figured out an acronym. It's Cybernetic Operated Police 
Italian ordnance technology. <laughs> thank you. I'm, I, I, thank you. You've given me a gift today because I was so <laughs> upset that I couldn't do it. I was like, I can't find it. Thank you. All right. I have drawn the three of hearts as our next card. So what happens next? Let me look at our person in danger. So, um, what happens next is, uh, you are, you are back at school and, and the, the nice thing, the nice thing is that word has spread, you know, like as much as the mayor has tried to paint you as, as a, as a murderous vigilante that, that, that took the life of Copbot, the people on the street, the people your age, your friends and peers, they know you. Like they know. Please. If we're going to talk about Copbot, let's use his real name, Officer Robo. Officer Robo. Thank you. <laughs> Correct. Officer Robo, uh, you, you, you had a, you had a, uh, Beacon had a vendetta against Officer Robo. That was, that Beacon was after blood. Beacon knew what she was doing. And Officer Robo showed up there to stop a threat, to stop two threats. We have video footage that showed that Tankard and Beacon were working together. Yes. The people on the ground, your 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 friends, your peers, they know, they saw. So support is is split here. It is it is you had there you know it is thorough, we're thoroughly in Spider Man territory here. We're thoroughly in in you're either a men in you're a hero or a menace, right? Yeah, we're thoroughly yeah. in that space, definitely. Um, and so, which means that. When a sludge monster bursts out of the sewers, right, into the science lab, because that has to be the thing that happens. You had me at sludge monster. Oh. Thank you. We we got there. I'm glad. Um, in Specifically, it's in the science lab. Sludge monster is pouring through all of the sinks, uh, up through the, the eyewash station. Yeah. Sludge monster. And this is a science high school, so the science lab is huge and impressive. Cutting edge. Yeah. Sarah's on there as a scholarship. What, like, there is a, there is a a pointed sense of you, you are, you are at more of an advantage here than you have been at any point previously. You're you're still not. However, the problem is you hear the sirens in the background. You hear the, you hear the sound of cars, which is a, a, a foreign sound in Bell City. Right. And you they know, are something's barreling. wrong when you hear cars. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they are barreling towards you, um, which means you're on a timer. So you're at an advantage, but like the situation could get bad very quickly, which is to say that because you have drawn a heart, it's not a diamond. It's not an exact match, but it matches color. So you're going to roll two dice and take the higher result. All right. That's a five. A five. You have so sludge monster, science lab, cutting edge technology. Where this sludge monster came from, we'll get there. It's a cliffhanger. Um, how do you rise to the occasion and save the day? What is the great moment of heroism that Beacon is able to achieve? Um. Well, I learned from my past experience in the park. So I'm now wearing my costume under my school uniform. So all I have to do is duck behind 
the uh, teacher's desk real quick. Take off the uniform. Got my leotard on underneath. And I can uh, power up. Put my mask on. Don't have to worry about it. So I can... I'm not distracted. I'm here. Um, Also, we're in a contained space. uh, So... All I have to do is make sure that this ledge monster does not go back down the drains where they came. So using my light blasts, I'm able to keep them away from the drains mm. and closer toward the area where the blackboard is. And or I guess probably a whiteboard this is a modern thing. A smart board. Markers. Yeah. A smart board, even better. Yeah. Keep move them toward where the smart board is. So I, I have them cornered and I'm able to put them in a corner away from the other people, away from the drains, and give them less and less space to sludge around in. As you do this, um, as you do this, you, you, you realize uh, they get a few, they get a few, a few, they land a few blows, right? Like at one point you get, at one point you get entangled in the sludge and oh, like sure. your powers kind of flare up in a very kind of odd and particular way. And mm-hmm. you realize this isn't just sludge. This is a blob of nanobots. Whoa! You're able to. You are able to. You are able to 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 corner this this uh this ball of robo sludge. You're able to corner this this thing that is this thing that has come just sort of willy nilly to cause destruction. How? What? What is the? What is the big final moment look like? Um. Well, once I realize that it's robots. I was like, that's an easy thing to take care of because we've already established how my alien rock light energy seems to disrupt electronics. Um, Why is that? We don't know. It just does. So I'm going to uh, blast the nanobots, but do it in such a way that like a wave of tiny, tiny explosions as each bot goes... (laughs) kind of crests over the whole sludge monster as these all things kind of like become inert and fall to the ground, revealing, I'm assuming, someone underneath. So you 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 don't find anyone underneath. This is this is sludge. That's what all I was expecting. Through. Yeah, it's weird. It's like it's, let's see who you really are kind of thing and no one. Um but Just what a you bunch. But what you find, or what you what you what you see, is with the explosions, is you see that they are, uh, you you're able to because you're a scientist, because you are you are smart. That's why you're WWH. Uh-huh. Um, you're able to see earned that scholarship. You did. Um, you're able to see that the nanobots that were forming the sludge, like the explosions, they're almost following like wire or circuit structures like they are forming mm. this sort of underpinning of circuits and structures underneath it almost 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 forming like you recognize the circuit patterns of like a wi-fi receiver oh. like somebody was remotely controlling this That's... and that this that that this was a, a sludge creature that was naturally predisposed into forming a shape where they could they could swarm this receiver and like receive commands on the fly which means that somebody was controlling this, that somebody built this and was directly overseeing this chaos. That's what you're left with. But there is an important question. Yeah. Who do you save? Oh, 
I save uh, Maggie Crenshaw, the girl I have a crush on. Oh, good, 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 good. Um, Maggie looks at Beacon, right? Uh, Maggie was Maggie was the school photographer for the school newspaper. Yeah. Um, saw a scoop and went for it. Sure. And is immediately Twitter Peyton with beat with Beacon, right? Immediately, like the day, like was saved and is you know, uh, like trying, like immediately starts throwing at you, uh, like puff piece questions. Can we interview for the paper? What is your perfect Sunday like? If you could be a tree, what tree would you be? That's what would if you could like. What's your favorite item at the at the cafeteria? You wouldn't know anything about the cafeteria lunch. What um 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 and is like rattling off questions just to try and get you to give any kind of word edgewise sure uh and i say uh i don't really have time to answer any questions uh justice still has to be done and i um bashfully smile and give her a wink and then leap out of the uh lab door Forgetting that I've left my clothes behind the teacher's desk. And and and, and she just kind of is like, she's so cool. She's, <laughs> God, she's so cool. Um the, the cliffhanger for this issue is that she walks by and we get a shot of her. We she walks behind the teacher's desk as she's leaving the room and we get like a quick shot of the corner of her eye and then like a hmm. Yeah. Cause you can't not go. If you're if I'm gonna throw in a I'm going to throw in a romantic interest reporter. You can't not go with the I know who you are and I'm going to. Oh, sure. Right. Maggie's not an idiot. Right. She's 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 able to piece it together pretty quick. Uh, So I'm going to pull one more card and then I think we'll go for a cliffhanger. Partially because I think this is this is a fun card to kind of build to a cliffhanger on. And that is uh, the next place that you're heading let me confirm. I think I think I know where you're heading. Next place you're heading is somewhere quiet and peaceful. Here you're going to encounter someone in need. Someone who can help you on your journey and defeat the villain, but who needs something from you first. When uh, you are going to find someone in need of guidance, a helping hand to lift them up. Um, there is... Oh, I know exactly what this is. I know how to. I know how to build towards build towards our our villainous reveal cliffhanger. Um, it's science fair day. Oh, excellent! Which just means that you. I mean, you know, the, it's been a couple days. I think. I think that the sludge incident was a huge success, but um, the problem is that like your heroism has put you in a real bind in terms of like getting together your, your, your experiment, your science experiment to present at science at the science fair. Let's say I did the science. I am not cool together with the presentation. I adore that. Like um, I have done everything. I just don't have that as a big cardboard piece yep. with printouts and stuff. Like if any teacher, please, if just ask me, about bouncing these radio signals off the moon. I will tell you everything. I just didn't have time to paste it on a board. I have printouts. I really do. Uh, yes, exactly. I, I, I think we see that. That is the conversation we see unfolding. Um, that is the, that is the, com- we see that conversation as another student is powering up a small generator. Because WWH, 
if we're going super if we're going super science high school then all of the experiments are like shrink rays they're generators it's it's all teen things teens shouldn't be able to make and yet they right have yeah. yeah um powering up this generator uh this teen is beaming um they are uh Their their name is Ahmed Rosetta. Uh, they their pronouns, and they are they are positively beaming as they are showing off this generator. They're like, this is this is something that like they have been talking about in class for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and and so to fight, so there's a moment of like everybody's kind of rooting for them as they kind of boot up the generator because this is supposed to be like a really clean energy source. It's not quite a perpetual motion machine, but like oh, it's so close, cl- it's closer than it should be. Yeah. Um, their words is like they're like it's not it's not there but uh, i feel like i got close enough to take the win um they're showing this off and um do you do you take uh, are you still arguing with this teacher that is insisting that you haven't done the work or are you taking right. a moment to watch the generator uh no i'm totally focused i was like please I, i've done the work i shouldn't get a bad grade on this just because i haven't posted it on some cardboard really honestly and that's I'm totally focused on that. I do not notice what's going on. Which means that you don't notice um, in true comic book villain fashion. Three ominous looking uh, got men in suits walking in surrounding. Uh, the only way I can describe him is a Dracula looking guy. <laughs> Slicked back hair, very kind of sharp features. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I don't think this is literally Dracula, but I think it's the easiest way to just describe how this man looks in my head. The actor did a really great job at Dracula on Broadway, really great off-Broadway production, really, really crushed it on that role. Yeah, yeah. So you're excited to see him get the paycheck, is the thing. Um, Comes in surrounded by bodyguards and is just kind of watching this generator like doing the the very classic villainous uh crooked hands under the under the nose thing and it's just like watching this generator build up and i think like i think there's the that, that like as you're arguing i think it becomes impossible to ignore because like it's bright and like the lights kind of dim a little bit as this generator becomes like the brightest thing in the room Oh, wow. All right. So now I'm, we're all looking. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a moment of triumph. Like, uh, Ahmed has, has created this something really, really special. And you swear you've recognized the, the, the guy in the suit before. You swear you've seen him before. And then you realize you have an article in your bedroom. And it is because this is, this is, uh, you know what? You know what? You know what I hate, Jazzia? What's that? Subtlety. This man's name. <laughs> this man's name is Doctor Alphonse Icarus. Um, yes, it is. Doctor Icarus has formed the the first is 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 in your bedroom because there's an article about him launching the first ever privately run space station. Yes. This man. This man is. This man is colonizing space, and I say that I say that is a pure invocation of villainy. Uh. And he is there just watching. And like you've realized that is where Wait, you is recognize. This spell, is this Dr. Icarus as in the boy who flew too close to the sun? Or is this Dr. Icarus as in like he's like Icar? 
uh, both work. Frankly, both. <laughs> yeah, but how's it spelled? I need oh. to know how it's spelled. Um, it is spelled. It is spelled as as akin to Icker, but yes. it is used in it is in used in the sense of the boy who flew too close to the sun. Excellent. That's all I needed to know. Um, Icarus is standing watching this unfold. And, like, you realize that's where you've recognized this man before. And, like, as 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 the demonstration is going, Ahmed's got the pitch down. They are crushing it. Um, they're just rattling off fact after fact after application after application. Uh, the teacher that you were arguing with kind of leans over and is like, see, that's what we wanted. Look at this. This is, this is public speaking. This is presentation. And... You know, the WWH. They, they, this is this teacher's this teacher's a jerk. We we know yeah, yeah. everybody knows that uh, everybody knows that Miss O'Neill is a little bit of a, a little bit of a hard ass. Oh, she's the worst. Um, the the presentation starts to wrap up immediately. Uh, the men in suits are kind of on either side of Ahmed, and like you see. Icarus's posture immediately change and the shoulders lower and you know kind of like the hands drop down and they start like gesticulating and you see this and 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 clearly Icarus is approaching Ahmed to talk about perhaps some kind of internship or something mm-hmm. how is Beacon reacting to this um well she's insanely jealous sure um not that she wants to be uh, working for Dr. Icarus, but like anybody getting a possible internship for the guy who's putting a space station up, it's exciting. Like, of course, like he's not the one she would have chosen, but also like, why not me? That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think they're talking and like, you're, you're feeling that jealousy and we're seeing like uh, flashbacks and dream sequences of, of Sarah being offered this opportunity and, you know, uh, walking in space with Maggie and all of these other kind of wonderful things. Uh, Which is when, when, as this is happening, uh, Icarus pulls out a piece of paper from a briefcase. One of the men in suits opens the briefcase and Icarus pulls the paper out because peak, peak, rich, evil villain. villain. Yeah. And for a split second, uh, 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 a millisecond longer than it would take for you to doubt that you saw this. You recognize something on the piece of paper, a logo. It's not, it's not Icarus Inc.'s logo. It's a logo of a project that Icarus is working on that they are, that, that, that he is offering Ahmed to work on. And you recognize that logo and you're racking your brain. You're thinking, where have I seen that logo before? Why do I recognize that logo transmitter? And you realize that the logo of this project is the exact logo of the circuit pattern on that Wi-Fi transmitter from earlier. Oh no! And you, you, you could be imagining this, right? Like it's entirely possible that you are just that your jealousy is is presenting you with a, a connection that's not there. But I don't think I'm imagining it. I don't think you are either. So what do you do? Ahmed Ahmed is 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 giddy and gleeful and they're chatting. And and 
the moment of the moment of action the moment the moment when they need a, a guidance a helping hand to lift them up icarus pulls out the pen mm-hmm. sarah you need to act now what do you do um Sarah does not want to endanger her secret identity. She grabs the stone in her back, but doesn't go full on glow, but does fire a light bulb at, sorry, Abed, she says this out loud, uh, under her breath, at Abed's generator so that it explodes. Um, And I think it it goes, it like, it cracks, it cracks, um... Uh, it it cracks it cracks the the everybody scatters the men in suits are strangely calm as they kind of uh one of them you know wraps up Ahmed and they dump and dive and the explosion happens uh your powers are such like you're able to be precisely enough that it doesn't like explode explode it doesn't right it doesn't it, it doesn't t- you know blow up the school but it definitely like bursts and crackles yeah it's like a it's like a, a television those old yeah, vacuum exactly. tube televisions yep. that just go. It's like that. Ahmed is crushed. Yeah, this is this was their dream, and it was demolished. Um, Icarus, strangely unfazed. Mm-hmm. Icarus, like you know, leans over. You know, I think you're close enough now that you hear Icarus say, "Like, you know." This is what, you know, you are, you are one person working on a project. When you work with a team, think about what you can achieve. Think about that offer, friend. And snaps his fingers. The three men in suits disappear into the, disappear into the crowd. The, the school, you know, uh, janitors rush in. I don't know why I picture janitors rushing in like referees in a wrestling match that needs to be broken I would up. say... At a science high school like WWH, uh, the janitors are a crack squad yeah. cleanup crew. Because you don't know what kind of toxic or uh, radioactive materials might need to be immediately taken care of. There's, It's a very good eight-page backup on every issue yeah. of what the janitors are up to on a given, on a given day. Um, they rush in. Ahmed is looking at this piece of paper. What do you say to them? Uh, say, oh, Ahmed, uh, sorry about your generator. What do you think happened? Oh, you didn't. You don't have to apologize. It's not your fault. You didn't do anything. I know, but like, I know you worked <laughs> really hard on that. Uh, what's that? What you got there? Um, they they offered me an internship. I guess they said that they said the generator was exactly what they needed on project. Well, I gotta think of a good project. I think of a good ominous project name. Yeah, something dark. Prom. Operation Operation Double Horizon. Ooh, I like that. They said they really needed they really needed somebody with a good understanding of 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 how to build a generator, and they said that yeah, it exploded, but they were still interested. And uh, I don't know. This feels like. This feels like an opportunity that I could really dig into. I mean, yeah, but is it like, is it what you want to be doing? Like, you, we've talked about you, like, you said you wanted to start your own business, and like, be a self-made person, and I just find it hard to see you being like another drone under Dr. Icarus. 
like you, you have so much to offer and like, he's just gonna take what he wants. But like, you could, you could, you yeah, but if I if I if I sign if I sign the rights away to this this project, then my next one's going to be even better, right? But why are you signing the rights away? Wait a minute. Why am I signing the rights away? Why don't you keep? You need to keep working on your stuff. Like, don't, don't, don't just be. Use your genius for his ends. Use it for your ends. Do you do you think that do you think that if I if I don't sign this away, if I take this project and I don't sign it away, that that you think that people will care? Because I feel like I, I get worried sometimes. Listen, my grandma always says that can't take the first offer that comes to you. And I think that's really true. I think you need to examine, like, is this the best offer? And if it's not, don't take it just because it was the first one. Like, you can do so much. And, like, I'm not even talking about the science fair. Like, you, you're, you're acing nationals. I think we can all agree on this one. But, like, you don't want him to take the credit for all the cool things you can do. And he will. Can you name any amazing scientists in Dr. Icarus's crew? Of course not. He doesn't let people know. Just like Edison. You're not, you're not someone who's an Edison flunky. You're a Tesla. I, you know, I was, I was on the fence. I was on the fence. And then you drop, then you, then you drop the E word and um, um, you're right. (laughs) They crumble up the paper and they throw it aside. And I think like, as it comes down, this is one of sort of the artsy flourishes of the comic. Like it hits the ground. And the next thing we see is a pan is like a, the next page is a full page spread. That's like a mock cover. And it's like, uh, it's like, you know, uh, super science quarterly. Yeah. And it says that like Ahmed, Ahmed is, is, is the, the, the next face in science sells this generator for, you know, 2.1 million and like it's like it, it's all about the fact that like it, they're starting their own company yeah like they are a teen prodigy they have changed the game there they, they are the new face of the new face of of industrial tech uh and, and there's a quote underneath that like we can we can be good to people and the planet with nice. science with science and I think like afterwards, there's a moment where the two of you are walking together. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's a robot butler now. Because why not? Why not? Um, the robot butler is flying next to is flying next to you. Ahmed is just chatting with you. It's in the school hallway, which make, makes the presence of the robot butler a little incongruous. But you know what? When you make when you're able to make a robot butler, you, you bring it, you bring it with you wherever you're going. Sure. Um, and they're walking and chatting. They're like, "I thank you. I, I owe you. I owe you one." Ah, oh, don't mention it. Um, just seeing you be so incredibly successful is really uh, just enough for me. I'm really happy for you. Oh, don't you don't need to you don't need to butter me up. I got enough magazine writers doing that for me. I'd rather no. I'd rather it's you for just... real. 
I mean, you know, way back when we first met years ago at the uh, LGBTQIA Alliance meeting, it was just, uh, I knew you were going to do something special. And it's like, obvious. Well, hey, if you ever need a lab or you ever need anything, I've got people. You talk to me, we'll make something happen. Uh, awesome. Also, Will do. do you want to come to my arcade? Because it has now been finished. And let me tell you, I don't want to brag. I try not to brag. I think I've created the single greatest arcade that any individual has on the planet. Sold. All right. You wouldn't need a burgeoning astrophysicist at your new company, would you? And I, uh, I think the last shot of this issue is Ahmed finger on their, on their, on their mouth, like, hmm, you know. Uh, I think I think that's the second to last panel because the second panel is the bottom is a bottom third panel of the two of you at an extremely elaborate arcade. Yeah, the answer to the question is not answered, but we do see the two of you at an extremely elaborate arcade. So the closing note um, before I throw out a final cliffhanger mm-hmm. is uh, you now is is Ahmed were we to keep were we to keep playing Ahmed would become an ally. What that means is anytime you draw a diamond, because Ahmed is the is the jack of diamonds, mm-hmm. anytime you roll a draw a diamond, if you were to roll a one on your threat, your your attempt to overcome a threat, if you were going to lose someone, Ahmed would appear would, would be able to help you in some way, allowing you to treat the result as a full success. Nice. Basically, you've got a friend in a good spot who can who can bail you out if things are if things are in danger. And the other thing that Ahmed could do, if there was a person in power whose uh, suit matched diamonds, Ahmed could uh, sacrifice themselves in whatever that means. You have the ability to dictate how they exit the narrative. But uh, they would exit the narrative and take down that person in power. They would, they would no longer be within the, the context of the story, but that person in power would be well and thoroughly stopped. And with that, I'm going to set up a brief cliffhanger, and then I think we will call this a game for today. Uh, and that is to say, I think we get a brief we get a brief scene of Icarus walking with these three men in suits and talking yeah. through. They they get their they 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 have this issue of the magazine right. They're reading through it and they're like, they should have been with us. They should have been on our side. We needed their insights to make Operation double horizon a success and what we see is uh and uh, icarus throws the magazine in a trash bin it's like no matter it does not matter we will find another scientists are a dime a dozen they are meaning they are meaningless resources in the name of a greater cause and that greater cause is tomorrow and you know pan over like they're at a, ra- a guardrail they pan over and it is it can only be described as a supervillain moon laser. <gasps> right? Because you gotta. Like, gotta be you the supervillain moon laser. Yeah. Oh, or like a so space good. laser. Like a, like a satellite laser. Full yeah, 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 yeah. Eye, right? Yeah, yeah. Pure destruction. And that, that, is, that, is, that is our villainous scheme. To uh, scaffold the way that the rest of the game plays out. You would continue drawing cards. Uh, we would continue to explore... Uh, places and meet people and then eventually you would draw the joker and the 
uh, our villain, Dr. Icarus, would reveal this grand plan, right? Uh-huh. At this point, the city suffers considerable damage. The higher your renown, the more powerful you are as a hero, the worse that hurts. The more damage is caused to the city, the worse this attack. This is this is this is Icarus striking you where it hurts and demolishing as much of the city as possible. At which point the description of the city changes and, and we describe how you continue to be a hero in a damaged city and, and a city full of wreckage and people that have suffered. Until you, until once the first Joker is drawn, the second Joker is shuffled into the deck. At which point, when the second Joker is drawn, you are back in the villain's place of power, and we describe how you win. Nice. You, you have you have suffered your downfall. You suffered your worst possible outcome. So then the game comes to you are coming back and building back up until you uh, as the city with the city kind of uh, encouraging you and telling you what you need to hear as the hero. You describe how you stop the villain and save the day. And that is, in a nutshell, anyone can wear the mask. Ah, oh, so good. Game's, game's great. I'm so happy. Game I love is this great. game. I love this game. It turned out really, it's really so well. Good. I'm really happy with yeah. it. Oh, dang. Oh. I, I really love this session. I would totally read this comic. I would too. So I, would read, good. I would. I would read this. This is good. Uh, Jadzia, thank you so much for coming on Party of One and playing this game with me. This was so, so much fun. Oh, it was so fun. It was just what I needed. Thank oh. you. Real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, you can find me at axelrod.online. That's the main website with all the goodies that has links to everything. Uh, if you're a social media hound, you can find me on Twitter at PlanetX, uh, Instagram, PlanetX. Uh, don't bother following me on Facebook. There's no point in that. We should all be off of it, we quite should. frankly. Um, uh, but yeah, that's where that's where I am on the internet. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again. This was so goddamn much fun. I am delighted. So much fun. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. He's good at that. I think he's pretty good at it. He's He's had a little bit of practice at this point. Take a future me. Thanks, Pass Me. And thanks again to Jadzia for coming on the show. That game was... Like I said at the top, like when I wrote this game and I said, I'm going to play it on Party of One when the game is released so that I can feature it and do blah, 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 blah. I said, there is one person who I'm going to play this with and I'm having more fun playing with them than just about anybody else. And that person was Jadzia and it worked out exactly right. And that game was brilliant. I am so happy with how that game went down. Now then, be sure to check out Jadzia's work at axelrod.online. Be sure to check out Anyone Can Wear the Mask at jeffstormer.itch.io slash mask. And be sure to follow Jadzia on Twitter at PlanetX. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. Join our Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Back the show on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer. Or donate directly at Kofi.com slash Jeff Stormer. And I think that's all the promotional things that we do that for that segment. <sighs> So also, listen to the other podcasts that I produce every single week. Talking Nog. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but also do listen to Talking Nog at December 23rd at twitch.tv slash GM Jeff Stormer. Um, All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the One Shot Podcast Network, powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character. We populate a shared universe one story at a time. And we have a really great time along the way. You can find new episodes every Friday-ish 
at OneShotPodcast.com because All My Fantasy Children is a proud member of the OneShot Podcast Network. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming on to the show as a guest, or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And gosh, I think that's it. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Never Jeff Stormer, I get shot. I have slash master.